Welcome to Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Gabriel Williams, and we are here today with John Payne and Ross Hodges. And right now, we are about to celebrate our two-year anniversary in Christ Church. So what we're going to do is just reflect. John has been here the longest. So, John, just tell us about the church. How did the Lord lead you to planning a church in Charleston? Thanks, Gabriel. Uh, yes, it has been quite a ride. Uh, it's extraordinary when I think back upon uh, the last uh, couple of years and the way uh, that the Lord has led and, uh, and those whom God has led uh, to labor with us. Uh, and so uh, really it all began back as, as an idea and really a matter of, of prayer. We are... Um, so thankful to the Second Presbyterian Church of Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, Pastor Rick Phillips and uh, and Mel Duncan. Uh, Mel and I actually have been friends for a long time. We we both went to Clemson, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, really over the years we had uh, discussed uh, the 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 desire for and 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 in many respects uh, the need. Uh, for more church plants mm-hmm. in the Charleston area. It's a, it's a marvelous uh, growing area. Population is going uh, through the roof. Of course. Um, perhaps you guys have, uh, have just heard that, um, uh, that Volvo uh, is now coming to South Carolina. Really? So huh. It is. That, so yeah. it's a $500 million investment with uh, the potential of 4,000 employees. So huh. now we have okay. BMW. Uh, we've got Boeing here, uh, Volvo. Uh, it's extraordinary to see the, the growth of the area. Mm-hmm. And so the, the desire was to plant a, a warm-hearted, confessional, Reformed and Presbyterian church. Um, and so as, as we prayed about it over the years, I thought, uh, Lord, send someone to do this. And uh, <laughs> it, uh, it never occurred to me that uh, I would be the one leaving an established ministry um, in the Atlanta area uh, to, to start over, as it were. Mm. And so Rick Phillips, uh, the pastor of Second Prez, uh, who's a friend to, to many of us, um, he challenged me at a conference that we were at uh, together back in uh, is January or February of 2012. Yeah, I believe it was February 2012. February, yes. And it was a Gospel Reformation Network uh, it was actually the first Gospel Reformation it was, Network yeah, in Atlanta. conference, and um, it was between sessions. Rick walked up to me and said, uh, "When are you going to go uh, plant a church in Charleston?" <laughs> Sounds like Rick. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of looked over my shoulder and said, are "You talking to me?" And um, he said, "Well, Mel has shared with me your uh, love for the area, and I know uh, Marla lived there for eight years, and you were there for a brief time playing." Soccer, and so uh, when are we going to go do this? And uh, and then he began to share that some money had opened up in their missions budget, and uh, that he would be willing to talk to their session about uh, supporting this work and also helping us to administer the work, hmm. which is a pretty big deal, isn't it, Ross? When you think Huge. about all the administration Huge. that goes into it, particularly with the finances. Yes. And the oversight of the from the very beginning, day one, uh, Second Pres has has received our monies and has administered them, mm-hmm. and that is huge. Mm-hmm. 
And so in those early days, I said, well, um, I'll certainly pray about it. And after a couple of weeks of prayer, the idea was interesting to me. And so I met with a couple of other ministers from Greenville, and we kind of set out a strategy. Uh, we said, if the Lord is in this, then uh, let's see if he'll answer our prayers and, and begin to pave the road. And so the amazing thing was as I began to share this idea with fellow ministers in churches around the Southeast, PCA churches around the Southeast, uh, the excitement was, uh, was visible. Mm. Um, there, the support financially was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And from there it began, it began to become obvious that, uh, that, that churches and individuals were very interested in wanting to support the work. And so that, that, that element began to, to, to become clear within the first six months. Mm. Then there was the side of uh, who would uh, labor alongside me in this, because from the very beginning, Rick said, John, you know, you've been a minister for 10 years at Grace Presbyterian Church. Uh, uh, we don't want you to go and do this alone. We mm -hmm. really feel like you need someone laboring alongside you. And so uh, by, the, by the grace of God, some things, a relationship was already in the works with, uh, with Ross Hodges. All right. So Ross, uh, tell us how you got involved in this. Well, at that conference in 2012, I actually was there and I don't know where I was when this conversation was happening. But uh, I think from the beginning, uh, the Lord showed his sense of humor because the one thing that I had told uh, Joanna, my uh, soon-to-be wife at that point, one thing I told her that I didn't want to do coming out of seminary that I did not think I was called to do was church planting. <laughs> and, of course, uh, God has a sense of humor, and uh, we know that many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the privilege of uh, spending time with uh, John and interning under him the previous summer in 2011, and it was already in the works that uh, Joanna and I, once we got married, uh, would be going back to uh, Grace BCA in Douglasville for the next summer and interning there again. And uh, John approached us when the idea for Christchurch began to get rolling uh, in the the necessity of having an assistant minister there, someone to, to co-labor with, uh, he approached us and, and asked us to pray about that and to consider whether or not we would do this. And over uh, the next several months and over the course of that summer, we had several conversations. And I remember sitting in his living room in Douglasville, my wife and I and uh, Marla and John were there, and, and he said something to the effect of, you know, Ross, don't you want to be a part of God building a church from the ground up by his word. And, you know, it's hard to turn that down. That's a, sale. <laughs> yeah, That's a salesman. It's, it's hard to say no <laughs> to that. That's a sales you know? pitch. Yeah. What, yeah, what are you going to say, no? But, um, so after, after the summer and after going back to seminary for our last year, uh, Joanne and I eventually, through, through prayer and through much counsel, we talked to our professors, we talked to our parents, we talked to our advisors, and it became very clear that this is what the Lord was calling us to do. I was very eager to, uh, to be able to continue the, the relationship that John and I had. Uh, he had, had been and, and still is a, an amazing mentor. And I have learned uh, a great amount just 
working alongside of him and with him. But that's how we became a part of it uh, is because of the initial vision of the leadership to have a, a team laboring and to have a, a, a younger man and older man, sort of a Paul-Timothy mm. sort of uh, relationship. And uh, it has been, it's really been one of the highlights of, uh, of our lives to be here. It was a, an extraordinary uh, answer uh, to prayer in our minds because really Ross was our, our sole candidate. He was a sole candidate in my <laughs> mind. I really couldn't think of anybody else I wanted to, to, to do this with. And so with the uh, conversations I was having with numerous uh, sessions mm -hmm. in, in, in PCA churches around the southeast and getting such positive response from them prayerfully and financially, and then uh, for Ross and Joanna to get on board, um, really there were some, some, a few other things that needed to happen, and one of those was a core group. Uh, who were we going to, uh, to do this with here? And interestingly, through word of mouth, uh, there were various families that were demonstrating interest. And you just don't know who is going to be there. Uh, when you have these kinds of meetings, you're hoping for a good attendance, but you never really know. So after those first two uh, sort of introductory meetings, I think we had those at the McCoy's house at uh, right. Brody and Kendall yeah. McCoy's. They've been uh, faithful uh, members and uh, committed to the work of the church from the very uh, beginning. We had our first official meeting on March the 25th, 2013, and that took place at the historic South Carolina Society Hall in downtown Charleston. We wanted uh, to have this meeting in a historic uh, building there on Meeting Street uh, to convey that we're coming in to have an impact on the city of Charleston. And I uh, didn't want to just have it in a, a meeting room in a hotel in, in North Charleston or something. We wanted it to be right in the heart of the city to make the point that we want to have an impact on uh, the, the city of Charleston. And uh, that was pretty well attended. Uh, 75 or so people showed up to that. Uh, but it's interesting to think of some of the folks that showed the most interest in those early days, even before our first official worship service, we never saw again. <laughs> and uh, it was it's just extraordinary how that happens. You just don't know why. You never happens. know. You never know who's, who's actually going to stick and who's not. You have to trust the Lord that he's going to bring the right people at the right time. And uh, we're thankful for the ones that he has brought us. Indeed. Uh, we're thankful for uh, the, the many families and individuals, students uh, that the Lord has brought. And it, it was on uh, June 9th, 2013, that we had our first official worship service. And uh, mm -hmm. that was really well attended in large part because a lot of churches supporting churches in the savannah area and here in charleston sister churches here sister churches sent some of their members to encourage us and to be a part of that but wasn't that wonderful it was very encouraging it was a, a chapel at first scott's that probably held about 90 people seated and i don't know how many we had but there were people standing up in the back and crammed nice. in every corner and the music just filled the room the and singing and filled in the two rooms uh, the two rooms beside the chapel right. and yeah. the room behind the chapel. Yes, they were all filled with with people, weren't they? It was yes, it was it was magnificent, and uh, just to see see the support that God had sent to us from the very beginning was a very uh, comforting and encouraging thing. Yeah, so we were meeting at the historic First Scots uh, Presbyterian Church uh, there on Meeting Street, and uh, we were there for three months. They were gracious enough to give us that facility 
for the summer. Uh, we always said, uh, don't get too used to this. This is as good as it's going to get. <laughs> it is one of the most beautiful properties and uh, one of the most beautiful historic structures in Charleston. The, the pulpit Indeed. that we were preaching from was from uh, the 1780s or 1790s. It was an right. 18th century pulpit. Uh, beautiful. So that was those early days were fantastic. And then we moved into the fall, and we began meeting at the, the Lutheran Church. Right, St. Johannes Lutheran on uh, Hazel Street, just north of the market. Again, a, a very neat location as far as the city is concerned. And um, we, we were still meeting in the evenings only because we, we hadn't found a space yet where we could do morning and evening, but we wanted to move to that as soon as we could. Mm. And what... What were we trying to convey as well by starting out with the evening worship service? Some some churches start out with home Bible studies, and but what what were we explain to our listeners what we were trying to do in terms of of launching this church plant with worship and then launching it with evening worship? Right. Well, we wanted to convey that worship and the Lord's Day and Lord's Day being both morning and evening, we wanted to convey that these are the this is the high point of the week, really, and that worship is the high point of the church, that this is what we do as a church that marks us out, uh, that God's people gathering corporately together. And with evening worship, we did want to put an emphasis there that we wanted to, if possible, go ahead and begin building a habit with God's people to meet in the evenings and to make the Lord's Day, again, not just the Lord's morning, but the Lord's Day, and, and so to have evening worship become part of the rhythm of uh, the week and the Lord's Day for God's people. Yes, the, the two things that, that Americans, and you could make the case to all people, but particularly we Americans, the two things that we struggle giving up are time and money. Right. And it's interesting, isn't it, that... The Lord, in His wisdom, has called us to give Him the first day of the week, the first fruits of our time, Amen. for His glory, and the first fruits of our income. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, isn't it, isn't it wonderful in the Lord's wisdom and His fatherly care and love for us that He calls us to delight in Him first with our time and with our money? Amen. 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 So we, we moved then from just evening worship to morning and evening. And Ross, right. we, uh, we searched pretty hard downtown for morning worship space, didn't we? <laughs> we did. I, I don't know how much time we spent on that collectively, but it was a lot. And we looked and looked and looked. We tried to get creative with places that we looked at renting. We had some places tell us, oh, yeah, certainly you can, you can rent this. It'll be $3,000 uh, a Sunday. And for the morning. For the, for the morning. For the morning. And, uh, That's not happening. So we realized that, that at that at that particular point in time, the Lord was not opening a door for us to stay downtown for morning and evening worship. So we spread our net a little bit further, and God has provided a marvelous facility for us. We've been meeting since, I believe, November of, of that year of 2013. Mm -hmm. Since November of 2013, we've been meeting at Moultrie Middle School in Mount Pleasant, so it's not far from downtown. Um, just about three miles from the bridge? Yeah, about three miles from the bridge, just right uh, basically in Shim Creek. And we, uh, we've we been very blessed to be there because we have been able to have morning and evening worship as well as, well as prayer meetings and uh, choir rehearsals and, and 
such things as that, and the Lord has blessed us to be there. Another thing we don't want to fail to speak about is uh, the blessing of the Giuliani's. Yes. Uh, really yeah. early yeah. on yeah. in yes. the work. Uh, really, it was just a few weeks into the work that the Giuliani's began attending our evening worship services, and uh, Michael had expressed that uh, he uh, played the piano and Agnes played the violin, and so they began uh, playing in our evening services really pretty much straight away because we didn't have someone at that point, uh, just folks who had volunteered but were not seeking a position right. or anything okay. like that. And so from the very outset, we have had a high standard mm-hmm. in the music of Christ Church, and we want to sing the best of traditional hymnody, psalmody, and modern-day uh, hymnody mm-hmm. and new uh, works on on psalmody as well, new... Uh, uh, arrangements. arrangements, yes. And so we give thanks for that. That's been an important part of, of Christ Church, and we Amen. want that, uh, Absolutely. that to continue, of course. And so we are coming up then, uh, aren't we, on our two-year anniversary, right. uh, June the 14th. We are going to celebrate uh, by having a fellowship meal and mm-hmm. uh, cake and ice cream and some games for the kids and... I really want to make a big deal and and really celebrate the faithfulness of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, there are lots of 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 faithful men planting churches around the world, and and they don't see always the kind of fruit and blessing that we've seen here. And we attribute that only to the grace of God, to His faithfulness, and uh, we hope that He'll continue uh, to draw near to us as we preach His Word, as we administer the sacraments, as we pray, as we shepherd. Uh, and love God's people, uh, we hope that he'll continue to to bless the work of his kingdom here in Charleston. Well, that concludes our time today. I want to thank you for joining us on Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian. Mm-hmm.